Hi and welcome to Ego Netcast. I am Martin Lindeskog and today I'm talking to Ivana Taylor. And I will start out with reading from Ivana's uh, Twitter profile. Hashtag small business, hashtag marketing, hashtag influencer. Simplify marketing with the best tools, tips and strategies for small business owners. And uh, uh, DNB, top influencer, Cleveland, Ohio. Do it yourself marketers.com uh, joined October 2008. And you have, uh, wow, impressive 14,400 followers and uh, almost the same following you also, over 10,000. So, I'm welcome sorry, to. Almost the same as what? You're, uh, you have 10,000, uh, you're following 10,000. Oh, I'm following 10,000. Yeah, yes. and 14,000 following you. So, welcome to the show, Anita. Not Anita, Ivana. <laughs> you know what? Well, you, what an absolute honor for yeah. you to completely <laughs> confuse me with our dear friend Anita Campbell. Yeah, I did interview with her some time ago. So yeah, we'd start out with that. So, what's your relation to Anita Campbell of Small Business Trends? Well, you know what's really funny is that um, I was somebody mentioned Anita's name to me probably back in 2002, 2003-ish, and they said, hey, do you know Anita Campbell? You should meet her because she lives in Medina. And it just so happens that Anita and I uh, spend, you know, live, I swear to God, like maybe two miles from each other. Wow, so we're yeah. on the same side of this little town, which is just south of Cleveland, Ohio, yeah. um, on the Great Lakes, on close to Lake Erie. I know that so many of your listeners, especially those in Europe, I'm always amazed at how savvy they are with geography, and we Americans, not so much. But if you know where that is, that's where we are. And Anita and I met in, uh, sat down to lunch in 2003, and she said to me, oh, Ivana, I know that you have this newsletter that you put out. And at the time, Martin, I did have this newsletter. It was an HTML newsletter that went to this little email list. Mm -hmm. And um, she says, I love that newsletter. I would like to do a newsletter too. Now at the time, Anita was a consultant. Yep. She was helping people do business plans and stuff like that. And so uh, she says, oh, I love this, this newsletter thing you have going on. And I said, uh, well, thanks. And we get to talking about it. Well, what, I don't know if people know this, but Anita Campbell actually worked for a technology company. Yeah. And so she was actually creating um, like online, I don't know if it was like a catalog. I just know that there was an online connection, right? An internet connection. And so what she decided to do is instead of putting out an email newsletter, what she decided to do is create small business trends <laughs> yeah, like a blog started out like a blog yeah she started it out like a blog and so you know what's real the other interesting thing about it is that uh, I mean people need to know that Anita and I uh, you know we were just professional acquaintances for a very long time mm -hmm. and um, I, I had actually was following small business trends purely because of the name, because I was working with clients and I was looking for marketing trends and different kinds of trends. So what happens when you type in small business trends as a search term? Yeah. You get small biz trends, right? Yeah, and right. so I became an avid reader and that's actually how you and I met. Yeah. And so just a regular part of the community and uh, 
Then one day, like so many years later, she and I were having lunch again. And I just told her how I had spent a couple hundred dollars at the bookstore. And she said, you did? What did you buy? And I said, oh, it's just feeding my business book addiction. And um, she said, really? And I said, yeah. She goes, would you like to write some book reviews? Hmm. And I said, sure. Good. And, you know, and one thing led to another. And now probably three books a week show up. Yep. At my doorstep. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it's it's impressive how events have evolved during over the years, also. Yes, yes. So I, I probably digressed from where you wanted to chat, but that that is the connection yeah. with Anita Campbell, and we are great friends. And she is a client of mine, and uh, I'm ever so grateful to her for um, the support that she's given to me and so many others. Yeah, me too. And uh, it could be like a, a segue there also and, and continuous because it's Midwest, Ohio, and I uh, worked in Troy, Ohio. And I visited Cleveland once uh, for a welding fair. And hmm. there's your background when I listened to an interview uh, with you in... Uh, excuse me, when was paper on the microphone there? Uh, Boomer Business Owner by Charlie Posnek, I think yes. he's pronouncing, in April uh, this year. How to do less marketing and make more money. And then uh, you, uh, you told the listeners about your background in the manufacturing industry and uh, do-it-yourself marketing. Yes, exactly. Oh, so, do you want me to? Yeah, talk you, that will be interesting to hear your. I mean, uh, we will talk about what you are doing now, but it's be interesting to hear a bit of your background and uh, your former work and what you are doing now. Well, you know, I'm one of the lucky people who actually gets to work in the area that I I studied in college, which is I don't know if that's unusual for Europe, but it's it's become sort of un unusual for the United States and. I, uh, I was originally going to be a chemical engineer, and then I sat to register at school and saw that uh, I, I just had in, an incredible moment of insight <laughs> that yeah. I was not good at math or numbers and that maybe I should study something else. So I went to the Pennsylvania State University, and I studied marketing, and I got uh, – when I graduated, I studied marketing and statistics, and then when I graduated, I um, – went to work in sales, selling long distance. So if anyone has seen the movie Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, this was my life for about a year. Mm -hmm. But I've always loved manufacturing. Yeah, me too. I, lo I love the idea of actually making something, a physical product. For some reason, that's just very, it's, I'm interested in it. I, you know, I guess I, there, I've, I've always had this underlying desire to be technical, even though I'm not. Mm. And so I started working in manufacturing. I started in pharmaceutical packaging and then went into like some uh, also uh, components for medical devices and uh, equipment and things like that. I've just always loved it. And I still have manufacturing clients because I just love the idea of making something. Hmm. And um, so I've, all, I've, I've had a whole like 25 years of working with companies that you've never heard of, but you use their products all the time. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I worked for that company like that, that had, we were on the big exchange and they were like 600 companies and so on. And things that you used in maybe every day in one way or another, but don't know so much about the company. So, exactly. And, and in mid, exactly. Midwest, I mean, that's the distribution and logistic hub for many things like auto industry and others. Exactly. And, you know... Um, Oh, I'm not even going to get into that, right? But uh, there, there are uh, something like, and I hope I'm not misquoting the statistic, but something like there are like 2 million manufacturing jobs open in the United States that they can't fill because a lot of the newer, younger generations see manufacturing as dirty and manual labor. But I'm here to tell you that it is a highly sophisticated industry. You know that. Mm. Um, uh even if you are a production person working on the floor, you have to have uh, computer skills. You have to have a certain skill set. Yeah. And um, I've actually found it very, very rewarding. And what's going to get us into the next phase of the conversation is um, I think the bulk of what I've learned about my approach to marketing actually came from there. And... Uh, I've learned a lot about processes. I really love processes. Mm. Uh, and I remember uh, when we started taking on uh, the ISO standard, the International <laughs> Standards Organization, the manufacturers yeah. were freaking out. Yeah. And they said it's going to limit our creativity. And what I learned in that process is that when you have a good structure in place, it actually frees you mm. to be more creative. Mm. Right? So... I learned a lot. And the other thing that I've learned that is related to marketing is that I noticed that a lot of manufacturers, you know, I actually have a degree in industrial marketing. Mm -hmm. And my opinion is that they're true. Consumers are consumers. People buy products, mm -hmm. not organizations. I mean, yeah, they belong to an organization, but people make buying decisions. Mm -hmm. So why is it that the buying decision that they're going to make, yes, it has a different structure, right? There's, you know, there, there are more variables in place, of course. But why do we treat buying centers for an industrial purchase of $2 million? Uh, why do we treat that buying decision differently than that person that then gets in their BMW or whatever, and they go to the store and they buy a certain toothpaste, or they go and they buy certain clothes, all buying decisions are emotional. Hmm. And we know that now. You know, it was anecdotal in the past, but now through the studies in fMRI and the work of Martin Lindstrom, your countryman, hmm. or is he? Yeah, yeah. Is he, yeah, yeah. Is he, isn't he from Sweden? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the work that he's done shows that no matter how you slice it, a buying decision is emotional. And the deepest emotion that we have is our connection to another human being. And any brand or any product or service out there is an extension. It means something. And that's why I always say that marketing is more about who you are than what you do. Hmm. Because if, or and how do I get to how to do less marketing and make more money is if you're really, really clear about who you are in the world, what you're committed to and what people can count on you for, you don't need this long, extensive list of things to do. It will be obvious to you. 
And I, I, I mean, I have an actual practical example of that, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a regular example. Yeah. I was visiting my mother, my parents, yeah. and my mother received a phone call from a friend of hers. Now, I will tell you that I don't particularly care for this person. Um, to me, she occurs as sort of like a negative and mean and I don't know, there's something about her I just don't, don't care for. Like I would not be friends with her. Uh, and as it turns out, this woman has a strained relationship with her sister. Mm. And so she called my mother for some advice. And I hear my mother on the phone saying, the sister was coming to visit and she says to my mom, what should I do? And my mom starts just giving this list. Well, you should pick her up at the airport and maybe take her to a restaurant that she really likes. And maybe you can do something nice in her room. Or, you know, she like goes through this laundry list of things to do. Hmm. Right? And, you know, the, the conversation ends. And I say to my mom, wouldn't it have just been easier to see, to say to her, why don't you just be a loving sister? Because what would a loving sister do? Hmm. That's my point. Yeah. So. That's in interesting. And uh, we will soon come to the, what do you say, halftime thing. And then we will talk more about uh, how you connect uh, your uh, I mean, feelings you have for things and, and um, your sense and your thinking and how you value that. Uh, and when I did a, a search on, on your name, um, I have also a special last name, Lindeskog. Uh, when I get around 18,000 hits or something like that, and you get like 21,000. And, and there it was one of the things you got like LinkedIn high and, and that's what was one of your tips to, to have a blog, do a LinkedIn and then choose your uh, social media platform when you talked with uh, the Boomer podcast. Mm -hmm. And when I saw one thing there, a little bird, and when we come into this influencing thing in a positive way, that you are ranked uh, at that time uh, number 21 of 30,000 of the whole internet. Uh, yes, how about that? That's crazy, isn't yeah. it? So uh, what, what is the little bird doing? Okay, so I think I'd want to give a little bit of context to the idea of what influencer marketing is, yep. uh, because we know that it's always been around, right? Yep. You have uh, Nike and all these big brands, right? They have spokespeople. Yep. The idea is that their audience will connect with the spokesperson, right, and buy their product. That spokesperson has to match the brand and the message and the aspiration for what that brand is, right? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, with the internet and, and there's uh, this, you know, millions and millions of people online. And it seems to me that almost every industry has their sort of, uh, what would you call celebrities? Like we just spent talking, we spent time talking about Anita Campbell. Yeah. And she hates it when I say this, but I continue to say this. To me, Anita Campbell is like the Oprah of small business. Mm-hmm. She's, she has incredible amounts of credibility. She has lots of experience. And in fact, one of the early things that happened is uh, years and years ago, Anita Campbell wrote a post sponsored by Quicken about when Quicken Online was released. Hmm. 
it had just so happened that I'd lost about six months worth of expenses from my Quicken desktop. And when I saw this online, I read about it in Small Biz Trends. I clicked right on that post and I signed up immediately. Why? Because if Anita Campbell likes Quicken, mm-hmm. I'm going to like Quicken online. Yep. See what I mean? And so, so influencer marketing uh, has been around for a while, but it's, you know, with more and more uh, industry segments and areas of interest, big brands are really trying to reach out to small business. In fact, uh, the corporate executive board, CEB, is a research organization and they research small businesses. And one of the things they discovered is that small business owners engage with and listen to other small business owners 1.67 times more than anyone else. That is like a huge, huge important um, thing. And so uh, basically that's how you become an influencer. I did not know I was an influencer. I had no idea until the done. I mean, I had appeared on a couple lists but it wasn't until I appeared on the Dun and Bradstreet list. So I'm getting to Little Bird, right? It wasn't until mm-hmm. I appeared on the Dun and Bradstreet list that I really got curious about it. Like, so I looked down that list. I'm on that list, but John Jance isn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> I'm a friend of John Jance. I'm a big supporter. I love duct tape marketing. Same here. I'm like, how is it that I'm on the list and he's not? <laughs> And so I called, now get this, so I call the writer, Dustin mm-hmm. Luther, mm-hmm. and, I, and then he in the article had mentioned Little Bird, getlittlebird.com. Yeah. I called him up and I said, how did you create this list and what is this Little Bird thing that you're using? And he says, uh, what Little Bird does, and it, it is a plat, it's a, and there are a couple of these platforms out there right now. Uh, they're primarily platforms targeted towards larger enterprise organizations who are pursuing an influencer marketing strategy, right? Because now these companies want to sell to small businesses. Small business owners are not listening to them. There's a whole other conversation around skepticism and the trust factor. And so they've really decided that what they need to do is reach out to other small business owners who are experts in a specific space. And, and you can imagine with, I don't know how many millions of people are on Twitter or on Facebook or anything else, it can get really challenging to try to ferret out and find exactly the right person for you. And uh, that's, what get little, that's what Little Bird does. They help you identify influencers in a particular space. Uh, and the way the product works is you type in a word, and that actually impacted why I changed my bio recently. You type in a word that people might use in their tweets. Now they use, you know, they, they'll do things with Facebook and maybe even LinkedIn, I'm not sure. But Twitter is the primary platform, right? So if you're interested in becoming an influencer, you better be on Twitter and mm. super active, right? Um, so what they'll you, let's say you type in, and what Dustin did for his list is he typed in hashtag SMB. And it's not just your bio, but it's in your tweets. What, what words do people use most in their tweets? And so they typed in SMB. And then you also can seed, seed S-E-E-D, right? You can add 
mm. manually people that you feel are representative of that space. Now, the system will give you people and you can keep them or you can take them away and you can add your own. And it uses a very, very sophisticated uh, neuro uh, networking algorithm and it identifies all those people and the different um, areas and segments of conversations that they're having. And you can export that list. You can create a Twitter list from that. You can do a variety of different things, but you can engage with people at a specific place. And what Get Little Bird does is help you move your engagement forward. So they have charts on saying like out of this list of a uh, hundred influencers, that, that you've created, right? It's your own little custom list. You know, you're engaging with 25% of them. So now the name of the game is to move that number forward, right? To increase that percentage higher and higher. And then you would pull together uh, ideas and engagement strategies to do that. So that's what Get Little Bird is. Now, you know, it is for an enterprise organization. So if you're someone like me, that's more of a DIY marketer, mm -hmm you will have to piece together different platforms to have that same thing happen, yeah. right? So I actually, because I can't afford Little Bird, because I'm not an enterprise organization, they do have a price level. I mean, they, you know, if you're going to be doing some research and you're going to be doing it for a couple months, it's $250 a month. Hmm. So it's not out of reach by any stretch. You know, if I wanted to do some research, I would absolutely invest in it for a month or two. Um, it's that good. Mm. Uh, but if you want to be doing things on an ongoing basis and you can't afford that level, what I use is a platform called socialbro.com. Mm. Okay. And, you know, that allows you to identify influencers according to the same thing, like I just said, with Little Bird. You can set, like, attributes and different things. Uh, but what I do to, to create Twitter lists is I use If This Then That, IFTT.com. Mm. Yep. And I just create one of those little recipes and I say, you know, create a list of people who use this hashtag, right? So, you know, so just like all things, right, when we're DIYers, then you sort of have to piece things together manually. So it's a little clunky, but it's what you can afford, right? For those of us that are, right, you're trading time for money. Yep. And talking about that, that word then, trading time for money, uh, the mm. trader principle. Yes, trader principle, right? Yep. So I think this is fascinating, right? Um, and, and I have to say something. You know, you know that um, a big part of my life, especially the early part of my life, was heavily influenced by um, Ayn Rand. I've read, you know, I've read all the books, not all the books, but I've read a lot of of, you know, the standard material, yep. right? Um, and I was all about it. it. It impacted me greatly for the beginning part of my life. As I move forward, I'm curious to talk to you about this, actually. This is cool. Yep. I've, I've read, I was reading a couple of her essays. Don't ask me which ones. I have a book of some essays that I was reading. And I, I thought to myself, you are 100% correct. And the biggest assumption that I think she makes is that people will do the right thing. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
you know, that's a big assumption. So on the trader principle, right, I love that, uh, let's see, uh, maybe you should say it. I'm looking at it here. A trader does not ask to be paid for his failures, nor does he ask to be loved for his flaws. A trader does not squander his body as his fodder or his soul or his alms. Oh, that's almost like a poem. I like that. Yeah. Right? So you're basically trading on pure value. But here's the clincher, Martin. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be like a John Galt, right? Or to be uh, like a Howard Rourke, mm -hmm. where this is why actually I like manufacturing, right? You do work, you create a physical product, yep. right? And that physical product has value. Mm -hmm. And we can see it like it's there. Right. But how do you, you know, for those of us that are in the service business, at least this is something I've struggled with myself. Who am I? How arrogant is it for me to tell people what to value about what I do? Because yep. it always surprises me. Hmm. Like things I think are valuable, people could care less about, like whether I do a, a, a work of research and I report on that data and I give them a report, that's a physical product. But guess what? They don't value that. Hmm. They value something completely different. And uh, that's uh, the market has to decide. I mean, that's the challenge. And I, I have been through that also and still am. But that, that's why I thought it was interesting when you talked about the referrals and how market or catering to, to the so-called right individuals then uh, that value you. So I have done a philosophical twist with it and wrote a blog, blog post that I value my time. And this is my standard price list in silver. I want to have it in silver. Of course, we have these paper notes that we have to work with. Mm -hmm. But I want to just do that statement. So if the price of silver is going up compared to the banknotes, then I will be more expensive per consultant hour or day or whatever, mm -hmm. and vice versa. But it's like a discussion start, uh, starting uh, point there. And then, of course, I have been, as I said, in other interviews and almost uh, paid in order to work. I've done pro bono things. I've done things that um, I value others and I understand their budget and situation. So, but still it's the value and it, it, it changed. So it's not that you, that I listened to an interview with Jaron Brook, that's the head of the Institute of Ayn Rand's Institute. Mm -hmm. And he was in Greece and they were a translation of the, uh, the market free market revolution that he have mm -hmm. uh, written uh, and there is that it's it's about not trading down it's to trade up so if your highest value is your partner you, uh, what what it could be somebody in the family or or a good friend then, then it's not a sacrifice to do something for them if it's a, a change of uh, value Absolutely. But, but, Absolutely. but with, with somebody that I and I bought that book that was great. I mean, picking somebody wants to pick your brain and they want to have everything free from you. But the other side around, it's not that. And that's what we have a, a, a challenge in this uh, so called soft services and, and consultants and, and other things compared with producing a metal or, or something like that. Well, correct. And, you know, and, and, I don't know if this is a struggle. It's just something I think about. And what it, it's, I, I've become very uh, attuned to the thoughts and feelings I have around a specific topic mm. or uh, an incident, perhaps, right? So, 
and I'm sensitive to it, I've realized. Uh, and that is that I, too, want to help small business owners, for example. I, if somebody doesn't have the money or they have a good idea, you know, they're doing all the right things. They just need a little help. Like, who doesn't need a little help, right? Yep. And I definitely want to be there and support that. Hmm. But at the same time, what I find that I get really upset about is when an organization that you know is paying ridiculous amounts of money, mm. they can afford it, they have it, and yet they're negotiating to get something from me for mm. less than I feel that it's worth. Mm. And, and I feel that frustration also, as same as my background as a purchaser, I know the negotiation, so-called game, but it's a back and forth and so on, and that's what you have to deal with. Uh, but then it, maybe it's that moment that you say, okay, we are not uh, trader pro partners, so uh, we have them to part instead. And and the, the good individuals and organization will, will come to you sooner or later. That's my, I mean, insight after all these years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that will come. And then we, you could use your do-it-yourself marketing and online marketing and digital marketing and with conversation marketing. Uh, for for other products uh, that you're doing and, and find uh, individuals that share the same values and that you have fun with together and passion and so on. And, th and that's a really good point, Martin, right? Because what I've learned inside of my research into this influencer marketing mm. is that like anything else, it's a strategy. Some people have, some people choose uh, Google AdWords as a marketing strategy. Some people choose, you know, people choose direct mail as a marketing strategy or speaking or whatever. And I have found that those companies, you know, that have uh, researched you know, have researched the area of small business, have really taken the time to understand who small business owners are and what matters to them, and then have made the decision that what they want to do is create a space where conversation happens and there is support for that space. Mm. That's a specific philosophy. And not everyone has that philosophy. And so uh, the determination I've made is that I want to work with companies who love small business owners. Hmm. And yes, it's, you know, back to the, you know, back to the Ayn Rand philosophy. Hmm. Of course it's selfish. Well, duh, they want to sell more stuff to small business owners. Correct. I mean, you can't lie with, you, you know, demographics don't lie, I always like to say. A lot of people say that. Hmm. There are way more small business owners than there are multinational corporations hmm. yep. and those companies that have already built up an infrastructure and that have used their business with multinational corporations to fund the building of that infrastructure are now able to use that same infrastructure to help small business owners hmm. and that's what they want to do yep. so of course, it's selfish. Yep. God bless them, right? Like, where would I be without Verizon Wireless? <laughs> yep. So, and uh, and that's what we we have also, and that's why I've been debating that also because it's one thing to support small business owners and small businesses, uh, but also at the same time support big business because that could be a goal. It's not my goal to be become a big business, 
but uh, you could become that so you have to support the whole journey the problem is that some of the big business and so on they are uh, i mean they get handouts they get special deals uh, and other things like that and that then it will become problematic so and i think it's interesting to have that um, discussion discussion about to become true business and really understand uh, the philosophical meaning of the trader principle absolutely and and i think that that that's i i think this idea of uh, and i see this as a trend as i said these you know there there are platforms that make their like let's say and get little bird is a great example of this mm. they created this platform for agencies and enterprise organizations right and that has to be priced at a certain level mm. it has to be because the fundamental uh and I, having worked in an organization like this the fundamental belief system is that you get what you pay for and they're yeah. used almost like our government they're used to paying large amounts of money Mm. for their services and there's a reason for that. They're mm. highly complex organizations. They have lots and lots of people. You know, they have an entire department for something that you and I spend 10 minutes doing. Yeah. And it's dancing with the bear mm. when you're working with that kind of an organization. So there's a reason why that price point is where it is. Mm. It's not that they're gouging them. No. You know, the, you know, setting price points, which is a big marketing discussion, is all about that. There is a cost involved. Hmm. There's an opportunity cost involved, which is, it took me a while to get to this, right? Because we think that, you know, you start at the most basic level, cost plus pricing. Hmm. Like it costs me X amount to run my business. I have to pay internet. I have to, you know, buy hmm. ink and paper or whatever it is that it costs you, the phone bill and so on and so forth. Hmm. There's a cost plus aspect to it, but then there is the cost of managing these clients, hmm. right? And when someone um, and when someone requires you to respond in a certain way or to have things done in a certain way, the price of that, the cost of that goes up, and hence the price of that goes up. So there's there's a perceived value, and then there's just like downright cost plus value hmm. you know um like i'm running the bizapalooza i'm producing the bizapalooza event right now yeah and i have sponsors for that hmm. and it, at first i was like where do i set the sponsor price and so on and so forth but believe me when i tell you to give the sponsors what they want costs time and money hmm and I just did the spreadsheet for it. I'm like, oh, my God, maybe I didn't charge enough. <laughs> you know, because what is it going to take to get them these results? Yeah. So it's a learning experience for sure. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's a machine. You know, and you can understand this as a manufacturing guy. It's just a different kind of process and a different kind of machine. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and talking talk, talk about that, your future plans and what you're doing, working on right now. Uh, could you tell uh, the audience a bit more about uh, Bisa Palosa? Uh, yes, you know, um, this came out of. Remember, I we started this conversation, and what piqued your interest in my interview was when I said uh, marketing is about you know who you're being, what you're committed mm. to, and what people can count on you for, right? Yep. So on, uh, it was one Sunday, uh, this is the third one, so three years ago, I was making my coffee. 
in the morning. Hmm. You should drink yeah. tea, you know that. I know that you're a big tea fan. <laughs> I'm a big coffee fan, yeah, that's and all, I like I like my good. French press. Yeah. I like my French press. I, I do that too. That's a good uh, process to make. Yes, coffee. and I drink and I drink tea also. I'm 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 a I do double. I do I do coffee in the morning, and then I switch to green tea in the mm -hmm. afternoon. And uh, one of the things that so it came to I was sitting there making my coffee, and out of nowhere, Martin, I think about Lollapalooza. And Lollapalooza is, is a music festival that runs here in the United States. Like this year, it was in Chicago. Mm. And they have lots of different... Basically, it's the opportunity for all of these fans to pay one price and to see their favorite bands, mm. like all in one place. Yeah. And so instantly, I had this thing of like, oh, Bizapalooza. And I think what, what appealed to me... Uh, you know, anyone who's probably between the ages of like 30 and 60, maybe, you know, remembers what it's like to, uh, to go to these festivals and like, you're not really caring about anything. And the focus is on fun and, you know, seeing these bands and relating to other people that you're with and so on and so forth. And I thought to myself, you know, there are 28 million small businesses in the United States. And if, what would be the impact if each of them were successful enough to hire just one more person? Hmm. What would be the impact on their business, on their life, on the community, on the economy, and so on and so forth? And this is what I was thinking as I was sipping that coffee, right? And I thought, you know, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of experts. I know a lot of these, you know, some of them are like famous, like Anita or Guy Kawasaki or mm. somebody like that. But some of them are just really excellent at what they do. And I yeah. said, how neat would it be to create an event where I would be able to share this expertise with folks and they would be able to get access to it, right? Uh, and, and it would be efficient because it would be all online. You don't have to travel. You don't have to do anything. Once you register, you get access to everything and so on and so forth. And so that's what I did. And originally, it was just a series of webinars over a three-day period. But this year, boy, I'm committed to doing something a little bit different. And I have to tell you, Martin, I'm scared to death. Okay. <laughs> And right. that's the lesson, right? When you're yep. doing something new, you're going to be scared to death. It's like a fear of the unknown. But then you really, really just hunker down in your commitment. Mm -hmm. And so I just have to believe it's going to be okay. <laughs> more, more, more power to you. So right? do you want to so, tell us? Yes, I'm going to tell you. So this year what's going to happen is that when you register for Bizapalooza at uh, www.smallbizapalooza.com, when mm -hmm. you register there... Uh, what's going to happen is that you will have access to a library of content. So I have, I'm curating uh, all kinds of content. There'll be the best of the previous Bizapaloozas. There'll be webinars there. I've got experts contributing additional webinars, swipe files, uh, templates, ebooks, articles, all kinds of really, really great stuff. And you know what I've done, Martin, is I've divided it up into seven topic categories, which I'm mm -hmm. calling stages. Wow. So mm -hmm. there's a startup stage, there's a networking stage, a productivity stage, a sales and marketing stage, a money stage, a people stage. I feel like I'm missing something. Um, and uh, so there's seven of these topic category stages. So if there's any area that, that you're specifically interested in, all that content will be in one place. Mm -hmm. And the other component was I was intending 
to have a, a live series of webinars, right? That had that are not webinars uh, on one day, October twenty eighth, twenty fifteen. I wanted to have uh, like topic experts for each of those topic categories and have them on a live Google Hangout, and you know people can ask questions and engage with us. But then I thought to myself, I'm not sure I want to do that. Actually, what I'm thinking about doing now is creating actual web shows for that day. Mm-hmm. That would occur almost like a little web documentary. Wow! Okay. So, I've never done that. Ask me what I know about producing anything, mm-hmm. and the answer would be not a lot. So it's this whole idea of I feel like I'm having my own hero's journey, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I, you know, want something. I go on the journey, I come against obstacles, and I'm committed to coming up to the other end victorious. Right. <laughs> Best premises with that. So when, when is it and how do you sign up? It's, you can sign up right now at smallbizapalooza.com. Click on the button, register yourself. I really recommend that people do that. Right now it's free. I'm not promising that it's going to be free. What's probably going to happen is that after October, you know, or maybe close to the live date, there will be a fee involved. Mm. Um, so I really encourage everyone to sign up. And now we're also doing a couple um, sort of preparatory webinars, you know, about every 10 days or so I do a webinar. So you definitely want to be following me at DIY Marketers. Follow the hashtag, hashtag Bizapalooza. So that you can know when these things are coming up. If you register for one of the early webinars, you'll be instantly registered for the main event. And I, I one thing I can promise is that it's just a fantastic way to get access to people and information that you would never get at this price. I mean, the mm-hmm. people that are going to be on Visapalooza, Martin, I mean, honestly, they are truly giving of their time mm-hmm. and they're sharing things that people normally pay something like $10,000 a day for. Yeah. But they want these to are, be... these are not, yeah, these yeah. are not like uh, loser people. No, these they... are serious experts. Yeah. They want to be at the same stage as you. <laughs> I don't know if they want to be on the same stage as me, <laughs> but I, I think what, what appeals to me about all of these individuals is Again, inside of that, inside of those commitments, who these people are in the world is a stand mm. for for that independent small business owner success. That's great. You know, and they're committed to small business owners being successful, and you can count on them for really, really sharing their best strategies, tips, and insights. So the content library is going to have you know, all the pragmatic how-to tips and things that you're used to seeing on webinars and these kinds of things. But what I'm looking for in terms of October 28th and experiencing those um, live shows is I'm really committed to people uh, having an emotional experience, Hmm. you know, being lifted, being inspired, uh, really seeing, uh, getting access and being able to engage with folks that uh, will engage back. Uh, how many years have you done this? This is my third year. Mm-hmm. So it's a tradition of them. I am. I'm, I'm really making a commitment 
to doing it, to doing it. Uh, and, and what the other thing I'm going to be doing differently this year is I'm going to keep it going. I have, thankfully, I have a uh, Canon who is, we're in the process of working out the sponsorship details for that. Mm. And they would really like to keep that going. I mean, they have really come out as a strong stand. Oh, can I say one more thing? Yes. I want to say one more thing. Um, one of the things that Canon is doing, as I said, they're such a strong stand for small businesses that here's something you don't know. What Canon hasn't launched a new printer. Yeah, I've heard about like, that. I, I listened to the interview with Brent Leary and uh, what's her name uh, from uh, Shark Tank and oh, so on? Oh, yes, Barbara Corcoran. Yeah. Right? Now, one of the things that Canon did that people don't know is, and I happen to know because I was at the CEB conference, the influencer conference, where they featured Canon mm. and the campaign I did with them. And even I didn't know this. Canon did huge amounts of research. They didn't just like upgrade a printer and launch it. They mm. did not do this, people. What they did is they did all of this extensive research. And I have a minor in research, and I will tell you, based on the, what I've seen, these people were not kidding. Great, great research. Mm. And... They developed this printer based on what small business owners wanted, what was missing for them. They really, really crafted a printer about what truly mattered to Main Street business owners. Mm. And then what they're doing now is creating a space where small business owners can actually get access to and help to succeed, which is why they're such a, which is why I'm so nuts about working with them because like our philosophies mesh and what they're doing right now is running a contest. So this is fantastic. So my request to you is get out on Twitter, tweet to me at DIY marketers, tweet as many business challenges. You can send as many tweets you want. You just put at DIY marketers and hashtag maxify contest in your tweet and you will be eligible like if we pick your challenge to work on you will be nominated to win either like i think like is it eight people i think are gonna be nominated at the end one of those eight people is gonna win a face-to-face -face with barbara corcoran wow. and the other folks will win a, a printer package. Now, the only unfortunate thing is, and you and I talked about this, is that you have to be in the United States to win. That is one of the, yeah. one of the criteria. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Because you, they can't, they're not going to ship this ginormous, it's not ginormous, but it's a big box. You know, the package yeah, and everything. It's a big box. So I, they're not going to ship that uh, anywhere and else. It's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, and uh, and Canon, is, they have a saying in Swedish, Canon, can, Canon. It's pretty hard to translate, but can somebody, Canon can. But in yeah. Swedish, Swedish it's, uh, it's all a case there or C's. Yes, yeah, but it's funny that you mentioned that I won a printer uh, of another brand, uh -huh. big printing brand, uh, when it was Raymond Ray, I think, and others uh -huh. had a uh, thing in New York, and they were testing this e-printing uh, feature. So uh -huh. I sent in a tweet or an email, and then it printed out uh, my um, question, and I was the lucky winner. And they and they and I have blog post on that. Uh, and they sent that from from America, and it's worked here also in in Europe. That's uh, and I, and that's what the one that I still am using because I mean the printing, 
uh, has and that's what what you see with the free market printing now you could get um, i mean it's better better um, qualities uh, and features and uh, lesser and lesser price if you compare yes. with back in the day i remember when i bought a fax machine long time ago <laughs> yes but the thing is what was costing is the quality and research and development and the ink and the toner and the printing uh, things and putting on paper that it would be economic and so on so it, it's great to hear about canon is doing research on that and and also thinking so-called out of the box a bit because the yes. pr printing uh, it was so funny when i listened to brent's interview uh, that um, printing machine had been either one black color or, or gray or some others and a big box yes uh, not not uh, a thing that you could almost decorate your office with yes uh, and it was funny when i heard her, her saying what she liked about that that it was take uh, lesser space still as effect effective but also looking good so oh yeah i have pictures of mine and and i have to tell you you know i this whole thing came at a great time because the printer I had actually had died. And you know what? This is fascinating. The printer I had, I got on sale. It had all kinds of bells and whistles, you know. And honestly, I was very disappointed. Uh, it would take, like, I would press the click button, you know, press the print button on my computer, and that thing would go chick, 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 mm. for like five minutes before I got my stupid piece of paper. Wow. Uh, and this particular one that I have now, which is the Canon Maxify, I'm in love with it. I press the button, I can hear it immediately. So I can print from my phone, from my computer. The other thing I really love as a marketing person, the quality, and of course that comes makes sense, right? Canon also makes, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, cameras. Yeah. Right? And this is like what they're known for. The images and the color that comes off of this inkjet printer, you would swear looked like either laser or, you know, whatever. I mean, and it doesn't like, uh, okay, granted, if you spilled like water on it or something, you would really mess it up. But like, uh, it dries so fast. So you don't get that smeary. I've had that happen. You know, all this, I am really pleased. And, and honestly, it's, I've had it now for quite a few months. And it, that's how long it's taken for, you know, I don't print a lot. I work online, but I do print. And I've just been thrilled to bits about it. Have you taken a selfie with it? Yeah, I haven't taken it. Oh, that's a great idea. I have not taken a selfie with it. Yeah. I have taken a picture of it and put like hearts and flowers all around it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Martin, I, 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 I don't like taking pictures of myself. The fact that I have to do video, remember how I asked if we were going to do audio yeah. or video? The fact that I have to do video is not my favorite thing. I'm just not extremely photogenic, but that's, uh, that's why I'm doing audio. But uh, <laughs> but I like your videos and I like your hangouts. Uh, do you want to uh, say a little bit about that? Uh, your spontaneous uh, hangouts on Google Plus. Oh, the silly things I do. Well, you know what? And it's, there's actually a lesson in that. Mm -hmm. um, one of one my online business manager and I, you know, we all we're always looking for great tools. And I've used GoToMeeting. I've used uh, any meeting. I've used lots of different kinds of platforms. And, and there's nothing wrong with any of them, right? They're all fine. But I've got to tell you, I am in love with Google Hangouts. And so mm -hmm. we wanted to learn how to use Google Hangouts. And so we said, hey, why don't we do this like random hangout? We don't want to prepare. We don't want to do anything. We just like want to show up mm -hmm. and play. Mm -hmm. And so we created this random hangout thing. And we, we, we are doing it Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern time. But the thing is that uh, with Bizapalooza happening, with a Canon campaign happening, I really... Uh, 
you know, have sort of haven't had one in like a couple weeks. Um, But I love the hashtag random hangout. I also run hangouts called Masterclass, and that was easy. Masterclass is, uh, again, what I'll be doing with Bizapalooza, where I'm on with like subject matter experts, and they kind of talk about their lessons that they've learned. That was easy is when I'm talking to subject matter experts on something very specific, and I teach people how to do things that they thought were hard, but are actually easy. So I like to run all the, I also do the book one. I also do one called Read It and Reap, where I'll interview an author and we talk about their book. Uh-huh. So, that's that's interesting. I missed that one. Uh, and talking about that, what gi- gives you uh, inspiration and fuel for your soul? Uh, what are you reading right now? Well, what am I reading right now? Well, you know what's really interesting? Um, one of the things that's really interesting is that I read... You know, as the book editor for Small Business Trends, I get a lot of hard copy books that I read. I like to read hard copy books for review because it just allows me to scan quickly and it allows me to highlight things and dog ear the page that I like, right? Mm. Uh, And what I thought was really interesting is I've had this Kindle for a while and I have the old Kindle that is not backlit. I don't like anything backlit. It's not good for your brain, Mm. especially when you want to go to sleep. So I like to read at night. So I have uh, on my Kindle right now. You could get this on Amazon still, uh, this older oh, version. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what, what is it called? I, I, I have uh, maybe the one they're using now is called, oh, I can't remember what the one is now because I don't have it. But it's, yeah, it's, we can it's, check it's that shorter. later. Yeah. You can check. But I do think that they have the light that comes on it is, is almost like a physical light that comes on the page. And that's why I like Kindle. Kindle's really committed to not having backlit. Mm. light on you Uh, that does it changes how you process information and because I look at backlit information on the computer all the time Mm. uh, uh, if you do this before you go to bed if you're looking at computers and televisions before you go to bed it disrupts your sleep so I make a conscious effort to shut electronics down you know whenever I can so I give myself a couple hours but I love to read my Kindle and so I have all kinds of things on my Kindle. Uh, I have mostly fluff. I love to read uh, um, uh, a silly author that I found on, and you've seen my book reviews on this. uh, His name is John Locke. No, not the philosopher, a modern Mm. guy, L-O-C-K-E. And he writes these guilty pleasure books. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a... He's got three characters, and he's writing all these. The, and each character is a book series. So there's one called Donovan Creed. He is my favorite. He think he's almost like a James Bond, mm-hmm. but he has character flaws. And this guy's writing is so cheesy, Martin. It is so unbelievably cheesy that I will be laughing out loud in the bed. And my husband's like, "What are you? What's going on with you over there?" So, sounds interesting. I think I have to check it out. In, You're going to have to check du- it out during my as an inspiration for my book writing on on uh, on tea. That will be a, a series of uh, books, and it will be cheesy and it will be so-called whimsical in in a in a rational way, and hopefully funny and uh, inspiring and informative at the same time. And Absolutely. I will have a great help with an uh, illustrator there um, that have done. My logotypes and so on. John Cox from America. So. Oh yeah, you. I mean, I think it, you know, and I think it helps to read things that are different, yeah. right? 
So I also have, I also love collecting what I call hacker books. And one of my favorite authors is a man by the name of Tim Castleman. Mm -hmm. And if you got, he does a lot of podcasts. Uh, he's a guest on a lot of podcasts and he's definitely worth reading. I've purchased his little books called How to Instantly Write at least 2,000 words per hour. It's called the 2KH oh. formula. Mm -hmm. And he's run a, written another one called The 8-Hour Bestseller, How to Write Your Best-Selling Book in Record Time. Mm -hmm. I like that one. Uh, I also have, and I don't even know what you think about this, but I also have what I would call inspirational books. Mm -hmm. I love to follow, uh, uh, what is it called, Abraham Hicks. I love this idea. I'm not a law of attraction freak, hmm. but I would say that I definitely take it seriously. I think your thoughts and your words are very powerful, and I really do believe in managing what you're thinking, how you're feeling, and what you're saying and putting out there in the world. Yeah. You know, so I like I like to read that kind of stuff. And of course I have Oh, you know, a book that I have that's uh, an old book, and I don't even know if I've ever reviewed it. It's called Pop. Let me see if I can find it on here. I know it's called Pop, and it's it's amazing if you have – here it is, Pop. Mm. Create the perfect pitch, title, and tagline for anything. It's written by a woman by the name of Sam Horn. Yeah, uh and this is my go-to book. I have it on absolutely every device. Because uh, is it on Audible also? I don't know if it's on Audible. Uh, I will say that this, this is a book you actually want to look at. It's not a book that you would necessarily read from beginning no. to end. It has a lot of exercises in there. It's got a lot of idea-generating tips. Mm. So I would definitely say that this, this is uh, a book... I, I, this is one that I use all the time, right? Because I'm trying to come up with names, taglines, and these different things. So when I feel stuck, I turn to that. Yeah, great. Have so you I done a review of that book? I, I don't know. I can't remember. I've just had it for so long. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, on Small Business Trends, one of the things we like to focus on is current books. What I'm writing right now that's due today, and I've mm -hmm. made no progress on it, is a uh, list of the best uh, sales books out there right now. Hmm. So let me ask you, do you have a favorite sales book that's new? That's new. <laughs> that's, that's a, I have to think about that. Too. You'll have to think about it. Yeah. Let me know if yeah. you've got one. I've got, I'm putting a list together. Uh, I got to hand it in today. But um, so you guys could all look forward to that. That'll be published shortly. Yeah, that's, that's great. And um, uh, wrapping up a little bit here, uh, anything you else you want to say regarding um, uh, the future and um, where you could find uh, in more information about yourself? Well, I will tell you this. I, I'm surprised you didn't mention it when you said that you searched for my name. Mm -hmm. um, so here's a little bit of trivia, a little fun trivia. If you Google even a Taylor on Google, what you're liable to get is this uh, sexy blow-up doll. Okay. from France. And one of my initial objectives when I first started working online is to move her away. Okay. Have you managed on, on uh, how, <laughs> how far down? So we now this episode will be explicit according to iTunes rules because now we have mentioned that figure, number. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> That's okay. But I didn't say any bad words. No, you didn't. But I know I know how it could be sensitive on, on Apple. So. No, so it's uh, one of the well, you can you just just take it away. But no, I will not. I will not. 
So that's good. I would, I would definitely, that's why I always say to people, you know, Google your name so you can see what you're up against. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Because I was absolutely shocked and abhorred by the fact that if people Googled my name, this is what they would get. And so I, I made it my mission and I, I did, I, I did a lot of postings. Unfortunately, you know, there, you know how Google does images. Yeah. Sometimes the image will pop up. Maybe it depends. I don't know if it pops up for me or whatever, but I, 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 I think I moved her down to page six. Good, good for you. So, you know, that, that, that's so, so honestly. And you, and you know, talking about that's what I said, the figure, you know, the number six in Swedish, how you pronounce that? No. That's S-E-X. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. So maybe yeah. we'll get around it because we're talking about that. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, so, but I would encourage everyone, follow me on Twitter, honestly, because, um, follow me on Twitter at DIY marketers, go over to DIYmarketers.com. I encourage you to register, if anything, to be notified of really cool stuff I'm working on that you can benefit from. Like you could win things. There are contests going on. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on that I, I think that if you're a small business owner or a marketing person inside of a small organization where you have to do a lot of stuff yourself, would be great resources for you. Yeah. Do you have any like uh, like giveaway stuff or something that you want the listeners uh, to, to go sure. to? Of course, if you just go to DIYmarketers.com, yeah. right now I'm giving away my, um, there's a blog post. If you register, you'll get taken immediately to a blog post, but you'll also get a worksheet on uh, five messaging questions. That was my webinar from yesterday. Mm -hmm. So um, if you register at Bizapalooza, smallbizapalooza.com, you'll get all of those webinars and there's all kinds of great like uh, workshop content there. Um and the other thing you can get that's really fun on my site, also on the homepage, is you can take my marketing personality test. Yeah, I was asking that. I have to do that uh, if I haven't done it already again and see what <laughs> what's popping up. See what pop up, pops up for you. And um, this is something I've had for, for a few years. And again, it, it, it continues to drive that philosophy of it's all about who you are, not what you do. You know, so if you find... If you and what I'm saying to folks is that there are a lot of experts out there that are saying, "Oh, you should do email, or oh, you should do social media, or you should do LinkedIn, or you should do Twitter, or you should do Facebook, or whatever." And you know, by this stage of the game, you really need to know that it's going to be a function of where your audience is and what you enjoy doing. Like if you were sick and couldn't get out of bed, you would still want to do this, mm. right? So. Um, and we we were just talking about video. I I you know I do video, but I don't be like oh I just have to do a video. I have to do Twitter. Yeah, I have here. to look at Facebook, but I you know to do a video is a big production for me. Yeah, that's cool. so that that's it. You know, so just hit the, hit the site. If you go to DIYmarketers.com, there's all kinds of goodies there. Marketing candy for you. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. And uh, thank you very much for your time, Ivana. It was a pleasure. Well, Martin, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. You know, we don't get to talk so much because of the time difference. So this was really nice. Yeah, great. And uh, I will include uh, the stuff in, in the show notes. And if you have any links or things that you want to mention, uh, please uh, send me that material later on. And uh, the listeners and the fans uh, and others could now go to egonetcast.com forward slash support and how you could support my work here with podcasting and blogging. For example, download uh, the free standalone app, podcast app, 
so do you have an iPhone or uh, uh, Android or uh, Fire Amazon, um, Ivana? Oh, yes. I actually have, have an iPhone and I have it on my iPhone. Great. So then you could go to the Apple. I have it. You have it. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So that's that's great. And uh, there you could, I mean, comment and go to the sites and, and so on. And I will also think maybe we could have some discussion about that extra material. Maybe we could do together and so on. Because in, in that app, you could uh, add, for example, PDFs and videos and other things like that. Mm -hmm. That that only uh, listeners that have downloaded the app uh, could see. So that's yeah, what we're, I, we're I de actually... developing in the future. That's really fun. I actually did a DIY marketers app. It's almost like a book app. So there's yeah. like content in there and then you can see, get stuff, you know. Yeah, great. So I will download that. So good, good to talk to you again, Ivana, and uh, talk to you soon again. Sounds great, Martin. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.